Welcome back to Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you via webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Pam Oaks. We're going to be discussing how you can trust your technician, part one of a two-part series. I wrote a book called Car Care for the Clueless, or How You Can Make Money While Maintaining Your Vehicle. It was very important for me to relay to the general public, the general consumer, about how you need to know how to have your car repaired and not to do it yourself in your driveway or garage. Those days are gone. So this radio broadcast is a spinoff from that book, and I'm going to take my experiences and my observations, and I'm going to pass them on to you, and hopefully next time you get your car repaired, you'll be an informed consumer, and it won't be so hard on you when you have to write out that check for that repair. Today we're going to be talking to uh, ASC certified technician and former shop owner John Lockhart. John has more than 40 years experience and personally I think he's one of the most honest technicians that I have ever met. He's going to give us the straight skinny on why people feel or have been taken advantage of by a technician. And we also have Al Beller joining us today. He has 20 years experience in the human services field individuals, couples, families, and he's going to try to take the mystery out of why technicians and the consumer like to fib to each other. And of course we're going to have our uh, gadget guru back, uh, Peter Sudak, and he has another automotive add-on. Actually, uh, this one's pretty neat this week. I I really like the choice that he picked out for us. But uh, first let's give our email sender a call and let's hear her question. Today we have with us Ann from Michigan. She had some car repairs performed, and she wasn't quite sure if possibly, probably, she didn't need a couple of the items replaced. So let's talk to Ann. Hello. Hello, Ann. This is Pam from Car Care for the Clueless. How are you today? Oh, I'm just fine, thank you. I got your email, and we'd like to talk about it. Tell me a little bit of what happened. Well, I went into this shop, and it's the auto shop, and they told me I needed some work done on my vehicle. But I'm just not sure if they're telling me the truth or not, and if I really, really need it done. Well, that's a really, really good question. You know, it, it is hard to tell for someone who doesn't work on cars, and you just go in, and the only job that you really have to do with the car is just turn the key and run and drive it. But you have to have trust in the technician itself. You, you have to know that they have a good reputation. And, you know, there's three things that I always tell everybody. It's... Uh, show me, show me what's wrong, why, why is it like this, and how, how do we fix it, you know, how is this going to affect my car? Yes, see, they never offered to show me, and I just didn't think to ask, which I guess I should have. Well, yes, and, you know, I I can understand that, too, you know, not thinking you're you're faced with a car bill, and, um, you know, he says, well, I need my car, I need to go to the grocery store, I need to go to the doctor, I need to go to the library, you know, I need to go out, I need to be out and about, I need to be mobile. And, you know, you just see this bill and you're like, well, I have to pay it. 
But it's always good, especially if you don't know, um, to ask. You know, you need, you need to ask. Yes. Well, I'm a little older now, and I think sometime maybe they take advantage of that. I don't know. But well, this is my only form of transportation. Well, you know, I, I can appreciate that, and that's why it's good for you to know. You, you need to ask these questions, and if they answer them honestly... And in terms that you can understand, and if you don't understand, ask them again if, as many times as it takes so you understand it. Um, that's the whole key. You have to be comfortable with the person who's servicing your car. For, you know, larger bills, you know, like tires or whatever, you know, always get a second opinion. That's not going to hurt. If you drove the car in, getting a second opinion and going somewhere else, don't let them spook you unless they can just prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that, the car is dangerous to drive. Don't let them spook you to try to get the sale. Always get a second opinion. Yes, I think that's good advice. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Well, thank you, Anne. You have a good day. Thank you, and you do the same now. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So let's help Anne out and show her how to utilize those three words that I told her while we were talking on the phone. Here's a prime example. One of our customers had some work done out of town, and the work he had performed out of town had a failure starting to occur. Uh, fluid was starting to leak out of one of the seals. So unbeknownst to me, uh, one of the service riders went up to uh, this customer, long-time customer, and told him that this new part was failing in his car. Well, the service rider didn't know it was new, although he told the gentleman that it appeared to be new. And the gentleman looked at him and said, I just had it replaced. Now, this is what the service writer, which I make my service writers do, is show me. I had trained all my service writers to take the customer out to their vehicle and show them what's going on with their car. And in this case, we took the gentleman out. We showed him exactly where it was leaking. He understood he understood what he had to do from that point on because, again, the service writer explained to him the process of contacting the other shop to uh, start a warranty claim on it, and all was well. Now, if you look at it the other way, the gentleman had the leak. He was just taking the word of the service writer. You know, all things go through your head. All sorts of things go through your head. You're like, are they telling me the truth? How do I know what's leaking? Is it leaking bad? You know, ask. You just ask. It's so simple to say, show me. I love that phrase. Just show me. A picture is worth a thousand words, and it's worth a thousand words when you show someone in the automotive industry what's going on with their vehicle. Someone who's not accustomed to working on cars every day, or trucks, and you just show them this, and you can see the little light bulb go on over their head. Ah, yes, we've got it. You don't have to know even what the difference is between a Phillips, a Torx, or a flathead screwdriver is. You show them, and you explain in layman's terms, and by the time you're done, they could install that part. It's that simple. That's what we are trying to convey. You need to ask. Two words, show me. Think of Missouri, show me. Every time you see a Missouri tag, you're going to think of, ah, automotive parts, show me. 
this is this is good. We we want you to do this because by doing this, you become an informed consumer. An informed consumer makes the proper choice, understands when that part is replaced, why it's replaced, how it's going to affect their vehicle, and how it's going to affect the performance of the vehicle, and how it's going to keep the vehicle's retail value up where it's supposed to. Remember, you let one little thing go here, you let one little thing go there, and the value of the vehicle is going to go down because it's going to go into a state of disrepair, and we don't want that. We want you to be an informed consumer, and we want you to make the proper repair choice. So remember, show me. Now we're going to talk to John Lockhart. John has to be the most honest technician I have ever met. He's worked for independent shops. He's worked for dealerships. He's had his own shop. He's seen it all for the past 40-plus years. So let's give John a call. Hello, this is John. Hi, John. This is Pam from Car Care for the Clueless. How are you today? Okay. Good. I know you have decades of experience dealing with customers, you know, from you being an ASE certified technician, you owned your own shop, you worked at dealerships. Why do technicians, I mean, not all technicians do this, but why do technicians take advantage of the consumer? Well, if they don't know what they're doing, they probably put down anything to, to cover uh, a problem that's anything related. Okay, makes sense. Or if they're trying to pad a ticket to make more money, mm-hmm. if they're not honest. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with any profession. Yeah, unfortunately, that does happen. Like you said, in any profession. I mean, what would prompt a technician who doesn't know any better well, to do if this? They, if they have a, uh, say, a brake problem, if they replace, you know, all the parts in the system, they're likely to take care of the problem instead of just fixing the problem. So it'd be, one thing. So it'd be lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of training. Right. How could consumers protect themselves? Just make sure you take it to a place that's, you know, you have qualified mechanics. You know, should always have, you know, AC certified mechanics working on it because they're supposed to be gone through schools and have the knowledge on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if it seems like it's not correct to you, get a second opinion. It's good advice. With anything you buy, buy a refrigerator or anything, get a second price. Make sure you're not getting taken. Very good advice. Okay, a new word for your automotive repair vocabulary. That word is why. As in, why does my car need this? Why is my car making this noise? It's a very, very powerful word in any situation, just not automotive. But we're sticking with cars because that's what I know best. You need to ask why. We taught you, show me. The second one is why. Why do I have to have this repair? Now, the technician should talk to you in layman's terms. You should be able to ask the technician a million times, why do I need this repair, until you can understand it. If they get upset, that's not good. If they talk over your head, even worse. You should have a relationship with your automotive technician 
that's comfortable, easy to understand, you're not intimidated, all these things. All these things are going to mean that you're going to be an informed automotive consumer. You're going to have the correct repair. You're going to know why, there you go, why, why you had the correct repair done. And when you go to pay for the repair, you're going to understand where that money is going to. So the word why is the second vocabulary automotive lesson today. Very important. And our next word that we're going to use is how. How do I go about having this repaired? How do I know that this is the proper repair for me? These three words, show me, why, and how, are going to help ensure you to get the proper repair done for your vehicle. Remember those three words, show me, why, and how, in that order. And that's going to take a lot of the strain off of you, and it's going to make you a better car consumer. And if you're just tuning in now, this is Car Care for the Clueless on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Pam Oaks, and we're talking about how you can trust your automotive technician and what he or she is telling you. Now let's switch gears, and we have a special in-studio guest this week. Today we have with us Al Beller, who's been in the human services field for 20-plus years, uh, working with individuals, couples, families. Al, uh, could you uh, tell us why people don't tell the truth? Well, the first thing is the obvious. People lie because they don't want the truth to come out. But actually, according to one recent movie, lies are told out of goodness. At least some of them are. The goal is the same, to avoid the truth coming out, but in that movie, a dying woman asks someone at her bedside, what comes next? And he tells her he's absolutely certain that heaven comes next, which of course was a lie, because no one is certain of that. Okay. But lies have a goal. All right. It's to avoid embarrassment, to avoid consequences, to avoid hurting someone's feelings, or in that case, to alleviate someone's fears. I bring my car in for an oil change, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you figure out, well, not you, of course, but right. someone figures out they're only going to make a few bucks on the oil change, and that's not okay, so they decide I need a manifold. Whatever that is, they're giving me, who doesn't know anything, mm-hmm. the gospel that I need a manifold. Okay. Are they lying? How can you tell? I can't. Why would a technician, you know, embellish about a repair to a customer? Well, first of all, in every business, there are some who are a little shady. Yes, there are. In the case of a mechanic, some of them are paid on commission. Yes, they are. So they get a percentage of how much I'm spending. If I'm only there for an oil change, they're not getting much. No, they're not. That's where we talked about this manifold, whatever it Mm -hmm. is, because that's (laughs) going to turn my $30 bill into three, four, five hundred. Correct. And because I don't know any better, and you can tell that when I walk in and I try to say something intelligent and I can't mm-hmm. about a car. So unfortunately there are car mechanics and I guess we've all come across them at some time in our lives that want to make more on the person than really is needed. And of course they can convince the person by telling a lie themselves that you need this and this on top of what you thought you needed. Mm-hmm. 
Or they can even qualify it. It's Say you brought it in for something simple but not an oil change because you'd know when that's due. Right. You say, well, I need this. Time to rotate my tires. And then they come back and say, uh, I have some kind of news for you. Yeah, you need your tires rotated, but two of them need replaced. And, of course, they can convince me because they sound like they know what they're talking about. They know the right words to use. Right. That's true. And it would be really appreciated, I think, by myself and, and all consumers if we had some of the words to use, too, so that they would respect us a little better. So how would you, you know, gain confidence? Well, one of the things that I've found is that a little bit of reading up or talking to a mechanic that you trust. Okay. Who And there are some that are worthy of that. Mm -hmm. And they would be able to give you... They would be able to talk to you or me, the person who is naive in that field, in a way that would be at my level and I would get it. Okay. Then I would add to my knowledge and I would feel better about myself. And of course, it's a better business relationship when we're communicating on the same plane. Correct. And then, of course, anytime somebody lies, it's to fulfill their own need, but it doesn't help the relationship. Correct. Sad, isn't it? Very sad because we're all stuck in this human condition and we're all struggling to get by, especially now. And all of us are watching every dollar. Yes, we are. And it seems to me if we could all be honest with each other, it would work a lot better. But we can't assume that people are doing that. No, we can't. And that's why we're trying to tell these individuals, these car care consumers, what questions to ask. So they can understand and they can avoid this pitfall. And hopefully, with a little bit of knowledge that you're sharing with your audience, they'll be able to tell if they're being lied to. Exactly. Elle made some very, very good points regarding if the tech's telling you and having that open line of communication and asking those three words, remember, show me, why, and how, are going to help you out to make a better car care repair choice. Now on a lighter note, let's give Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, a call and see what he has for us today. Actually, he gave me a sneak peek and I think you guys will find it pretty interesting, pretty useful. Let's give him a call. Hi, this is Peter. Hi Peter, this is Pam from Car Care for the Clueless. How are you doing? Good, how are you today? Good. So what gadget do you have for us? Uh, I have what is called a portable battery jump box. What's that? Well, basically, instead of using jumper cables to jump from one vehicle to another, okay. basically, it's a portable battery with cables attached to the box, and you can jump. You can get the car jump started yourself. Really? Yes. So I wouldn't need another car there. No. And how it works is there's a battery inside. Okay. And it's got two cables attached to it. You attach one to the positive cable, one to the negative. Okay. And then go ahead and get your car started up. The battery does have to be charged for it to work properly, and they, the kit comes with an adapter. Oh, the battery in the box does? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you just charge it at home. Just put it in a regular wall receptacle, and it, there should be a little spot on the on the back of the box mm -hmm. where the plug goes in and oh. it basically charges up keeps the battery charged while it's not in use okay 
better to use instead of trying to jump it off another car. You don't have to worry about blowing out the computer off another vehicle if you're trying to do jumper cables or somebody hooking them up wrong and screwing up one or both of the cars. So how big is this? Uh, it's about a foot by foot high, um, right? Weighs approximately about 20 pounds, 15, mm-hmm. 20 pounds. And it's got a nice sturdy handle. It's got a nice sturdy plastic case, good solid uh, clamps to it. You can put it in your trunk. It's small enough just to keep back there. So it's about the size of and weight of my mom's purse. Yes, basically. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. she keeps everything in there, and it's quite heavy. So yeah. You can keep it in the garage at home if you want, or if you know you're going on a trip, um, you can charge it um, charge it up before you go. The charge, they hold up per, for quite a while, mm-hmm. um, but if you use it frequently, it's going to take the charge out of it pretty quick, so you got to keep on top of that, make sure it's on the charger when not in use, basically. Otherwise, it will go dead, and then it won't be any use to anybody. Okay, so if my battery fails, I can just... Put the negative and the positive on and let her go? As long as the negative and positive or to the negative and positive cables on your car, yes. Okay. You can't cross them. Okay, yeah, you would have a little problem there, wouldn't yes. you? Yes. Reverse polarity is not a good thing for your car. That's correct. So is there anything else you can do with this? Um, they have a, 12, a, a little uh, receptacle in there that looks like you can use if you out and about, mm-hmm. you can take the box with you, and if you want to charge up, you can probably use your uh, cell phone charger, if oh. it's kind of the old style, it's just a pl- it's like your uh, oh, so like cigarette lighter. Plug it in into a cigarette lighter, right. Yeah, you just plug it in there, and you can use, you can charge your phone, it's like charging it up in the car, but if you're not in the car, if you're, you know, if you're out and about somewhere, mm-hmm. out in the woods or somewhere, you can charge up your cell phone on that thing as well, it's just plug it into the little receptacle there, and it works for that, too, and other other devices as well. Oh, so it's like a, a portable 12-volt source. Yes. As well as a, uh, to jump a, a yeah, car that won't start. Yeah, jump start cars, or you can uh, recharge uh, gadgets like phones or mm-hmm. if anything else that needs to be charged. I'm sure you can use it probably for flashlights so, and other items as well, yeah. So how much do these go for, approximately? Uh, these run... Roughly about eighty dollars. Okay. And yeah, that's a worth very good worthwhile investment to save your car in the event of an emergency. It's very handy to have, or for you know recharging the other gadgets as well. So mm-hmm. definitely a very worthwhile investment to have. That sounds like it has a house, yeah. million and one uses. Yes. Yep. I've okay. used them. I've used them myself, and they work very well, and they're very very handy. You don't have to. Get a battery charger and drag out an extension cord or any of that hassle. Just pick up the box, take it out to where you need to go, and go ahead and jump start the car if it's you know not Great. within immediate range. Well, thank you. We look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, thank you. Take care. Okay, bye bye. Well, that was a pretty neat idea that Peter had with that uh, battery jump box. I uh, personally have one myself, and uh, I think that was a good product that he brought up to uh, the car consumers listening today. Now for. Uh, Pam's Automotive Moment. This is my time where I get to just tell you what I personally think. And, you know, dealing with any occupation, with any situation regarding your money is extremely important. It doesn't matter if it's electrical, plumbing, or automotive. You need to be aware. 
You need to be informed. You need to ask questions. Extremely important, ask questions. Uh, I mentioned about those three words of show me and why and how. These, that's the core to the questions. Those are the core words to start your questions. And uh, I hope that you, you remember these because it's going to make not only car repair, but other repairs in your life, no matter what it is for the home or what have you, make it a little easier on you. You need to be an informed consumer. And remember, always keep an open mind, and you're going to learn something as well. Well, next week we're going to conclude this very interesting topic of how do you know if your technician is lying to you. And uh, actually, compliments of Al Beller, we have a little twist to it. How do we know when the consumer is telling the technician the truth as well? to uh, benefit themselves or if it's just lack of knowledge. He's going to be back with us along with John Lockhart giving his spin on it and of course Peter with another gadget for our vehicle. Up and coming topics after that we have uh, an interesting one on what is a catalytic converter. Oh yeah it sounds important but what actually is it? We're going to tell you how very very important it is especially with today's fuel uh, prices and our MPG on our cars. We also have what you should be packing for your car before your vacation road trip. And again, thank you for listening. This is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. Remember, if you have any car questions and you'd like to have them answered on the show, please email me at carcare4clueless. That's car care, the number four, clueless, all one word, at AOL.com. And if you'd like to purchase my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle, go to Amazon.com backslash books. It's available in paperback. You can download it onto your Kindle or other digital media, and hopefully you'll learn a little something there. And remember, you too can be a savvy car care consumer. Until next week, take care.